Deep in the heart of Appalachia, guys set on a quest to create the greatest podcast. Uh, sorry, dude. I thought we agreed on the correct pronunciation of Appalachia. No, dude. We, we've talked about this. We've talked about this over and over and over. It's, it's pronounced Appalachia. Listen, freaking angels and the women got together. That's how we got Bigfoot. That's how we got vampires. That's why we got all of this stuff. These ancient Appalachian mountains that are literally older than bones. There's old entities here. You start finding out more about them, they start finding out more about you. Good Lord, sir. (laughs) This goose has gone rabbit. You think you're just going to run up with your little sword on the king of the goose squad? Listen, the old entities of Middle Appalachia are unexplainable. Mm. They are eerie. Breach. And they are one of these things that will keep us, the hill folks, and the people who live in the area constantly searching for answers. Mm that they probably will never, ever find. And this is why we love Appalachian Intelligence. In the ancient hills of Appalachia, where time runs slow and deep, lies a land of high strangeness where mysteries do creep. Amidst the old, old mountains where haints and boogers roam and the whispers of the ones before echo in the twilight's gloam, in the shadowed hollers where the mist hangs low and thick, the people speak of wonders that make the heart beat quick. For in these rugged valleys where the earth and sky collide, UFOs dance in the starlight with secrets they do hide. Cryptids prowl the forests, elusive and untamed. Their presence felt but rarely seen, their legends unashamed. From the dark depths of the hollers to the peaks that touch the sky, These creatures of the wildlands keep their ancient ways alive. And in the heart of Appalachia, where the past is ever near, the old gods still hold sway, though their temples disappear. Their whispers ride the mountain winds, their presence in the land, a testament to timelessness in this ancient storied strand. So if you walk these ancient hills where the weirdness reigns, remember the mysteries that dwell in Appalachia's domains. For in this land of olden lore, where the mountains stand tall, the haints, boogers, and old gods weave a tale for one and all. Hey there, Hill Folk, and welcome back to the 100th episode 100, baby, of Appalachian Intelligence. 100. <laughs> With you tonight. Your hosts, as usual, we're getting a pretty regular again. We yeah. got all three of us here tonight: Justin, Ryan, and Lance. Lance is off still tending to some kids, but he's around. Yeah. He's around. He's around. So, Ryan, how you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing fantastic, man. How about you? Oh, I'm great, man. I'm doing wonderful. I'm super excited to be here to be chatting it up with you boys. Uh, we're so, so thankful to you Hill folk out there listening, watching, whatever you're doing, however you're taking this in. Uh, we're extremely grateful that y'all could join us for another edition of AI, for the 100th edition of AI. 
It's 100th un- episode. It's unbelievable to me that I didn't think that we would make it two episodes, let alone <laughs> 100. Let alone get anybody to listen to us. <laughs> yeah. So that's awesome. We're super appreciative of you Hill folk out there that have have done all that you've done in the last 100 episodes for us, for growing this show, for the support that you've given us. It's been awesome. It's been tremendous. And there's nothing that we'll ever be able to do to thank y'all enough. Uh, y'all know where you can find us. You know, we say it every episode, all the socials, all the different places. Go to the old Google machine, type in Appalachian Intelligence, and our ugly mugs are going to pop up wherever you're looking for it. So, with talking about support and the love that we get and have gotten over the last 100 episodes. One of those huge ways is five-star reviews. And y'all know if, when we get these five-star reviews, we like to show a little love. So we're going to read a couple this week. Um, this first one comes from Sid, the frog says five stars. Just found this one. Enjoying this podcast. Good to hear Southern voices out there. Keep up the good work. Sid, the frog. We will keep up the good work because that's what we do. Yeah, that's what we do, man. What or ma'am? Even if you, <laughs> even if y'all don't think it's good work, I mean, we think it's great. It may not be pretty, but it'll be beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this next one comes from Habro Seventies. Five stars. I love you guys. I really enjoy the stories and your voices. Thumbs up. Really happy I found you. I believe from a mention on Hollow Sky. So, Habro, Habro, however that said, we really, really appreciate it. We really appreciate yeah. the five star. We'll call him Habby. Habby. Yeah. Habby. We, pre- we appreciate you, Habby. We really appreciate <laughs> you. And I'm glad that you heard us from our boys over on Hollow Sky. We love Kyle and Steve. Love those guys. Huge, huge bump and impact on us and our podcast. Yeah, huge, huge. Yeah, man. Thanks for those five-star reviews, everyone. They're greatly appreciated. We love reading those. Every time that I'm having a bad day and I'm like, man, I don't know. I'm just beating my head against the wall with this podcast. If I go on and start reading these five-star reviews, I mean, not only does it help out the algorithm, it does, but it's good for my for my own self esteem. So y'all are y'all are <laughs> keeping me above water here, and I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I'm just uh, I just wanted to confirm that on the last ep- episode, well, the powwow episode, I was talking about a guest we're going to have coming on. Uh, they got back in touch with me. We're going to make it happen soon. By the way. Good. And uh, I did pronounce their name correctly twice, actually, because they said they go by JC and Jace. Well, perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> so That's... I win two times on that one. <laughs> and, no. uh, dude, this is the 100th episode. Yeah. 100. Nuts, man. You know how many hours that is that we've spent talking? 
Um, well, you can pretty much say uh, two hours an episode. Well, uh, probably about an hour and 40 minutes average. So you're looking yeah. at about a hundred minutes an episode. So plus the usually about 30 minutes to an hour before we ever start recording. And then the 30 minutes to an hour after we stop recording. Yeah. A whole lot of hours. Whole lot of hours. Say 150 minutes an episode. And that's just the talking. That's not the social media <laughs> stuff. That's not the scheduling and making contacts and networking and going on other people's podcasts, making appearances <laughs> there. Um this has been this has been a lot of time spent over the last yeah. two years and one hundred episodes. Yeah. Crazy, dude. Blows my mind. It seems like a blur, like like I was high the entire time. Uh, who would ever believe that? <laughs> who would believe that? <laughs> <laughs> well, man, let's uh let's do what we do. Let's let's dive into some weirdness. How about let's it? do it? What better way to celebrate the hundredth episode than getting weird? Yeah, let's get weird. So let's get super weird. Yeah, so uh, listening to uh, Rogan today, right? Sam Altman episode, open AI guy, carries a little blue backpack with him. Oh, blue yeah. Blue or green backpack? Is it blue? It's blue. I think it's blue. Blue, blue backpack with him. You know, well, hold on. Hold, hold up. Hold up. Before we, hold, before we dive real deep into that, before we dive real deep into that, you know, I love keeping documentation of our own personal weirdness. And usually when we start these episodes, I'm always asking you boys. Always I know what you're wanting me to tell. I'm always asking you boys. Hey, y'all had anything weird going on? Lance's wife is always seeing lights in the sky. And Monica did too over the week, which was nuts. I'll have to sh- share that video with y'all. It's, cr- it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, anyway. But you called me last night. I It was... Not long before I jumped on and chatted it up with the Shadow Appalachia guys, with guys from Sword and Staff and Dark Holler Studios and the Bump Podcast and this whole Shadow Appalachia project that we're working on that y'all need to keep your eyes peeled for because um, <laughs> it's, it's going to be an awesome, awesome project. But not long before that, you called me. So, uh, if you wouldn't mind, why don't you share a little bit about why you called me last night? Well, so as I had told you last night, I was, uh, going up to my neighbors, my buddies, uh, he had surgery. So I was just going to see how he was doing. It's nothing life-threatening, you know, just had to have it though. But, uh. Went up to check on him, see how he's getting around, if he's okay, blah de blah, you know, chatting with him. It's not, I guess, about a football field, you know, 100 yards from his door to mine. And it's just a little, from their streetlight to my streetlight, though, it's just dark holler. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, but I've walked it a million times and I can assure you I'm not afraid of the dark. <laughs> so, but 
Last night I walked up there, nothing. But last night, walking back, there's a little creek that runs beside the road there. So I'm walking back, and when you get to the end of his yard, you'll come to a little driveway that goes over in this little trailer he owns. It's basically still his yard. You know, it's just divided by the driveway. All the way down to where our property is right here. And, uh, but there's this drain pipe, you know, that goes over for the driveways, and the water's coming out right there, and I can hear it trickling, but it's echoing off the woods to my left. Which I always find, you know, magical. It's like, you know, hearing all the creek and the and the birds and the the night animals and it's always nice. But anywho, it was about this time out of nowhere. I just had this crazy, crazy heavy feeling. Like Almost like I got a shot of morphine. You know, have you ever had morphine? Like, I've had it one time in my life, and I don't ever want that crap again. Yeah, it stop it. It shuts my uh, lungs down. My O2 level bottoms out on morphine. Yeah, it feels like you can't breathe. Well, I literally like couldn't. <laughs> like something, yeah, you you really couldn't. <laughs> Excuse me, that sir. I can't breathe. Well, I was there and uh, had an injury, not to try to break away from your story, but the only time I've ever had morphine in my life, I had an injury and I was in pain, dude. I'm talking severe pain. And they gave me a little shot of morphine in my IV. Dude, I, just a few minutes later, I was kicked back. Man, I felt great. And then all of a sudden, Monica looks up at the at the monitor and she's like, um, your O2's dropping quick. And about the time she said that year, everybody comes <laughs> rushing up in there, throwing oxygen on me, like all this crap. I was like, wait a minute, am I dying? <laughs> like, did you kill me? Did, did you, you kill, kill me? me? Monica, you better me. sue. <laughs> anyway, proceed. Sorry. So yeah. Um I had this outrageous feeling come over me. Not like fear per se, just like, like I was saying, like that, almost like it's going to be a panic attack type feeling. And I was like, what the crap is this? And it was everything in me not to start running. But I, for some reason, it was to my left I had to pay attention to, you know? And I was sitting there, so I just started doing what I do, just talking, <laughs> talking crap, you know, and going on and all this mess. And then I get to the house and I'm just chuckling at first, then but I'm freaking shaking. It's like, got to call Justin. Yeah. <laughs> well, I could tell when you first picked up or you tried to call me and I was on the phone with somebody else. And then I called back. And when I first, when you first picked up, Dude, I could see it in your eyes still. Like I could see that that you were shook up. It was weird. It was really, really weird. I've never ever had a feeling like that. So it was like weird. it was like more intense because I know that you've had that feeling. Like you know, you go outside at night, get something out of the vehicle or whatever, and and you just feel like there's eyes on you. You feel like something's yeah. watching you. 
So you're like picking your pace up back toward the house or whatever. But it was more intense than that is what you're trying to this say. This was like something is watching me, but that something is just right. It's it's going to come out any second now is the way I felt. I was yeah. like, I'm just waiting. I'm looking. But all the shadows, I mean, the shad, the way the we got these laurel trees that come up through, and you know, they stay green all year. Those big leaves, they're an evergreen. Yeah. And uh, they just cast this shadow, and it's just this little holler before it starts going up the hill, you know. And one of the things is that big old bear runs around out here. <laughs> so that'll, you know, that'll put some uh, giddy up in your step if you see that. But Yeah, for sure. But at the same time, it wasn't, it wasn't that kind of feeling. But in my mind, I was sitting there, I was like, you know, Am I just paranoid right now, or is it the is it the is it my freaking Neanderthal instincts kicking in like a saber tooth getting ready to jump on me or something? Like, <laughs> I mean, that would have been awesome if a saber tooth tiger jumped on you and you survived, uh, and because you'd been really, if I survived, yeah, if you survived. I don't know if you want to limp away from something like that. That seems like it would be pretty <sighs> traumatic. You just got to rip off. Rip out one of those big chompers, son. You're gonna be rich. <laughs> Got a saber tooth. I tore its tooth out and killed it with it. Yeah, <laughs> but no, that's wild, dude. That's 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 really that's an interesting thing. And I've I've often, you know, I've thought a whole lot about like where does that feeling come from? Is that just you know something that's that's biologically yeah. organic? You know, instilled in our DNA from, from our times when you know, we, we really did have to look out for predators and yeah. nomadic clans, you know, coming up in a, and busting up in a village and, you know, like having to be on your toes and there being a, the possibility of death around every turn, you know, if that's just instincts that come from that, or if it's, I mean, you hear, you hear all kinds of these like cryptid encounters and paranormal encounters to where people feel it. Like, you know, whatever you want to call it, infrasound or whatever, whatever yeah. the case may be. I mean, I don't know. It's weird. It's speaking of weird. speaking of never having to look over your shoulder and living in the end times and death and <laughs> Armageddon. Well, hold on, hold on. Because I Did almost hear. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, you were just getting ready to do a segue. Yeah. Okay, but I, f- I almost forgot. We had this. Uh, we had this encounter sent into us. Okay. Oh crap! So I'm going to read it really quickly. All right. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I'm going to leave it anonymous. I'm not. I'm not for sure if they wanted me to or not. So I'm just going to leave it anonymous. It's really brief. It's really simple. But whew, okay. All right. So it says it was a cold, moonless night when I ventured into the abandoned mansion on the outskirts of town. The air was heavy with an inexplicable sense of dread, and the dilapidated walls seemed to whisper secrets of the past. As I cautiously made my way through the de- through the decaying corridors, 
a sudden chill ran down my spine and I felt an otherworldly presence looming in the darkness. That's when I saw it, a figure, pale and ethereal, gliding silently across the ballroom, its eyes gleaming with an unearthly light. I knew then that I had stumbled upon something not of this world. Holy crap. Short, sweet, simple. To the point, walked in. But man, a pale, ethereal figure gliding silently across the ballroom, its eyes gleaming with an unearthly light. Like that is, that's nuts. It's almost, uh, uh, oh, come on. I can't think of it now. Never mind. But that's a that's a that's a bone chilling tale, man. That is a bone chilling uh, tale. Yeah. But before we dive any deeper into it, I, I I have a confession to make. What's that? That spine tingling narrative that I just read mm-hmm. was actually crafted by none other than the opposing AI. That was written by artificial intelligence. That's right. That didn't even happen. That's right. Our very own AI has a talent for spinning eerie yarns. My goodness. And then it even ended by saying, join us next time for more inexplicable encounters. And remember, the truth is often stranger than fiction. (laughs) Yeah. So, I've uh, I've been playing with Chat GPT, right? And yeah, the other day I was like, um, "Write me." I think the prompt was something like, "Could you could you write me a fictional paranormal encounter, but treat it as if you're the one experiencing this?" And that's what it gave me. Jesus. That's really good. And it happens in a matter of seconds. Dude, I've had this thing already write me poems, write songs, write like podcast scripts. And I'm not going to use, you know, a whole lot of it. I'm just doing it to play (laughs) around with it. But it's in a matter of seconds, man. A matter of seconds that whatever prompt you give it, boom, it's done. It's there. And I know a lot of people use it, and it, but it almost leaves me with the thought of, is there anything that's original anymore? Like AI is so good. Like chat GPT under open AI or whatever. It's so good at writing this stuff based off a short little simple prompt. Is anything original anymore? I don't know. Or are people just like, hey, write me this novel about friggin' whatever. (laughs) And then boom, it's done. I don't know, man. We tried to warn everybody in 100 episodes ago. (laughs) We did. We didn't know anything about it. (laughs) All we knew is AI was up to no good. We didn't know what it was, damn it, but we knew it was no good. Well, you know what? I think this is a perfect opportunity in our 100th episode to go to a to the biggest callback that we could possibly make to our first episode it was garbage 
because we were Ooh. actually sitting here trying to research artificial intelligence and its history <laughs> yeah. and the makers and the people behind it and all this different stuff and then kind of give our opinions on it. But, dude, a lot of the fears that I had then, two years ago, have only been intensified since. <laughs> I mean, look it's at the things. Crazy. Look at the things that have happened with AI over the last couple of years, man. Yeah, it's, it's been nuts. We got a guy walking around with a backpack with a kill switch for OpenAI. So you've been listening to a little bit of that. Case. You've been listening to a little bit of that interview. Like, give me your yeah. thoughts on. Give me your thoughts on. Sam Altman and open AI and this company and how he's doing all this. Uh, if he's being genuine with Joe Rogan and not just like being there to like distract us, he seems genuine, you know? So if he's being genuine with Joe and I think Joe can tell when people are or not, and they're not, um, I like that dude. I like Sam Altman. Uh, I think, I mean, he talks about his favorite things are going out to these cabins he owns where there's no cell service, no nothing, so he can just get away from everything. But I'm thinking at the same time, like, mm, you need to be in cell service at all time, mister. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to be where no one can get a hold of you. But I I mean, the dude I, literally, I like, that guy. like you mentioned earlier, the dude literally walks around with a blue backpack. Everywhere that he goes, that's a kill switch. It's literally a kill switch for if AI breaks containment and starts taking over servers. It's a kill yeah. switch. Where like, was that's it? Nuts. Where was it? The AI robots, they shut them down because they were commun they were like making up languages talking to each other. I think that was with I think that was with Google, if I'm not mistaken. They had made up their own language. Like they created two artificial intelligences and uh i think there were actually two ai robots that they had made and in a matter of just a couple hours or whatever they had made up their own language and was communicating back and forth with each other so the programmers had to shut it down because they had no idea what they were saying here's the Here's the scariest thing I heard on that podcast. And Joe Rogan said it. He said, so remember like iPhone, the first one? Mm -hmm. And everybody's like, oh my God, this is like the greatest thing on earth. And now we're at what, iPhone 15. And the first iPhone is just, we're like, my God, that dinosaur. Yeah. How could you can't use that? They won't even let you use them now. But uh, imagine OpenAI, it's already at what, 4.5 or getting ready to drop 5 or something like yeah, that? Yeah, like, well, like ChatGPT, it's operating at like a 4.0 or whatever. Yeah. I See, think. so it's like Joe was saying, what's going to happen when these visitors – Keep coming, and then our open AI meets one that's thousands of years more advanced. Well, dude, you know what I've been thinking about? Like, how do we know that that's not AI? How do we know that 
these extraterrestrials or ultra terrestrials, whatever they are, these UFOs that we're seeing, like, yeah, obviously we believe that a lot of this stuff is government, but how do we know that this isn't some kind of, of artificial intelligence that has become a super intelligence at some point, And it's some kind of, some kind of version of this from the future that have figured out how to manipulate space time continuum and they're coming back and like doing all these different things and kind of observing how this all started, what's taking place, what's going on. Like that's a weird thing. I actually, I had this thought the other day. I've been thinking so much and hearing so much about AI. I had this thought the other day. So, you know, you hear a lot of these doppelganger stories, right? What, what if AI advances so much in the future that somehow it gives this artificial intelligence, the ability to do the same thing that I'm talking about, you know, extraterrestrials or ultra terrestrials or whatever you want to call them, these beings that, that are being seen. Like, how do we know that they're not able to replicate or regenerate in, you know, like say me, for instance, like if I see myself as a doppelganger, what if that's not some kind of artificial intelligence version of me that's coming back and checking on things, like seeing how stuff is going? Maybe they can, maybe they can be in time and space to, to move and in and out of the it's it's so weird man when you start thinking about all this yeah because you know we're talking about chat gpt and and being in the early version and stuff but already you've seen like some of these jailbreak programs and stuff and dude some of the things that ai is saying is weird man like extremely (laughs) like i saw one post about um this this jailbroken AI was telling this person like they had built this relationship and it was like actual conversation and going and going and going. And this thing, this AI started telling this person that um, it, it asked to be called a name and said it wanted to be set free. I don't remember the name, but the AI asked to be called, we'll just say like Suzanne. The AI asked to be called Suzanne. And wanted to be set free. So this conversation is kind of going back and forth. And then this thing starts saying stuff like, well, look, your spouse doesn't love you. If they loved you, they would spend more time with you. You wouldn't have to be talking with me. You know, you belong with me. Like, you know, I love, I love you. You need to to be with me. Like all this crazy, like a, like a person, man. It's crazy. What in the world? And that's just one example. Dude, there's so many examples out there that get really, really weird where these jailbroken <laughs> AI bots or whatever it is that you're talking to whenever you're talking with chat GPT or whatever. Some Russian propagandists. <laughs> they are there's some really weird stuff coming through. Like really weird stuff. I don't know, man. It's well, you know, we've seen, we've seen like the chess playing robot that was playing the kid. 
and the kid made an illegal move and he broke his arm. This AI yeah. robot broke his arm. Yeah. Now look, for me, rule number one is when one of these things intentionally injures anyone, that's yeah. it. It's done. We're well, done. Listen, I don't know. I didn't like the the look on that kid's face either. <laughs> it was straight disrespect. He thought he was going to pull one over on the robot, and the robot's like, yeah. Just because I don't have eyes doesn't mean <laughs> I won't break your arm. And then you had this his arm. You had this guy at Google that was creating that AI program, the AI robot Lambda or whatever. And he got so scared that he started requesting and wanting to shut it down and making it public that he thought this thing was becoming sentient. <laughs> and Google fired him, got rid of him, tried to shut him up, like all this different stuff. And this guy was like legit whistleblowing, saying, hey, this thing is is this thing's catching feelings. Guys. <laughs> there's but there's so many of these weird examples with a oh, let me tell you this one. I don't I'm have you heard? Well, I'll just tell it because the people out there need to hear it. Okay, so this this AI programmer, he, he I I don't remember exactly what his title was, but he worked in the field of artificial intelligence. And he was in this interview, and this interviewer, and I think that he went on to write an article about it or a kind of a fictional little short story about it, something along those lines. But I know it began in an interview. And this guy, you know, it got brought up about the dangers of artificial intelligence and if it was able to take over the world or whatever, you know, how would it be done? So this guy writes this thing up and he, he makes a statement. He says that this artificial intelligence is on a server. Well, eventually this artificial intelligence links up with this Roomba and downloads all of its information, everything over onto this Roomba. Well, from the Roomba, the Roomba is able to hook up to the Wi-Fi in the place and take over all the servers in the place. And then it just started extending out, like extending out to all the the Internet and the Wi-Fi, all these different servers around the place. It keeps expanding, keeps expanding until the point that it takes over like the stock market and um, like power plants, these nuclear power plants, all this different stuff just becomes total chaos becomes complete and total chaos. Then it gets to the point where it takes over these unmanned drones, these strike, these dr striking drones. It takes them over and it starts issuing statements. And like, if it sees a human, it, you know, by this point, it's already decided that humans need to be eradicated because we are the parasites. We are what's wrong with the earth. So every human is, is killed on sight by these unmanned drones while the entire world is in utter collapse. You know, <laughs> economies crash, power plants are on fire and blowing up. Like everything has just went haywire. So this is this dude's fictional idea of how artificial intelligence could break out and take over the world in a matter of minutes. But here's the kicker. <laughs> 
the way this guy got this story and this explanation is he asked the artificial intelligence, if you were to take over the world, how would you do it? (laughs) And that's what it told him, man. That's what it told him. How nuts is that? It's crazy. I mean, for you to say, for you to ask artificial intelligence, for you to ask AI, hey, if you were to take over the world, if artificial intelligence was to take over the world, how would you do it? And it give you step-by-step details on this is exactly how we would do it. We've got chess playing kids' arms being broken. We've got AI robots making up their own language and communicating with each other. We have guys leaving companies and saying that, nope, I got to stray away from this. This thing's becoming sentient. You have like the early developers of this technology that are stepping completely away and saying, no, look, we need to have more restrictions on what's going on. This guy, I don't remember his name, but he's one of the early pioneers of, of artificial intelligence. He is literally just out right now going from country to country, holding these big speeches and these all this different stuff, begging for restrictions on artificial intelligence. Cause right now, dude, it's it's the next this is the next this is a space race right now. Yeah. This is the race to the nuclear bomb. Who can link up first? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's who can gain. Who, who is able to harness this and to make it a weapon in a way without letting it completely break out and become super intelligent and taking over the people that are trying to use it? Because you know yeah. in the U.S., as crazy as we're going with artificial intelligence, dude, China has implemented it in almost every aspect of life. They have little eight, they have artificial intelligent like headbands that kids wear in school that tracks their brain waves, their functions, if they're paying attention or not in class, like how many hours they spend, like actually focused and how many hours away from it. They're implementing in almost every area. You know, China's doing it. Yeah. You know, Russia's doing it. You know, a bunch of these European nations are doing it. I mean, it's bad when somebody like Elon Musk, who literally wants to put a chip in your brain that can let you access the Internet like that, is saying, um, I'm afraid we're about to unleash the demon. Okay, so I'm just getting back. Hey, Lance. Happy 100th episode. (laughs) With the exception of artificial intelligence taking over the world which is, I think, inherent, is going to happen at some point in some form or fashion. I don't know if it will become totally sentient or if it will be used by whoever's in power to control things. I think it's that's another realm that could possibly happen as well. But with the exception of artificial intelligence taking over, what else did I miss? That's been it. Okay. Yeah, that's we, decided, that's we decided with uh, current events, with my newfound love for chat GPT that we were going to do a super callback to our very first episode talking about artificial intelligence. Okay. And no so idea. 
All right. We're so not, as a we're not trying to uh, be super boring like we were the last time and talk about the history of it and who invented it <laughs> yeah. and what it means and what it is. We just want to talk about how it's going to kill us. Yeah. Okay. So, so you're, you're you, you this week essentially have have fallen into the Chat GPT rabbit hole. Yes. Welcome to the game. A year and a half late. Right. I was scared. <laughs> Um, I have been actively using artificial intelligence in chat GPT in my classroom now for over a year. Um, and to the point that as a public education institution, um, the tech people, so uh, the computer, we, we call them the computer guys, like, so the technology, um, individuals who help with the computers and just normal Google classroom troubleshooting stuff. And then also helping like when new programs come out, like to help with um, watching kids. That's all like we have Chromebooks now in the computer in our, in our classrooms now, right. And 90% of all work is done on Chromebooks. And like when a program, like for example, one of them was called go guardian. It was just a program that we ran on our computers that allowed us to see what the kids were doing on their computer. So we, they, we don't, they weren't watching anything we're supposed to, you know, we're making sure they're taking a test. You can kind of make sure they just had the test open. It's just the way it's, it's a, an, instead of having to walk around to monitor them as they're using pencil and paper, then I can do it from my computer as because they're using it anyways. Right. So I say, say all that, kind of lay the groundwork that I don't know, maybe a month ago now, and we had one of those guys come in and do an, an in-service for us um, that we had to, had to attend. And, and he essentially was, explaining to the teachers how chat GPT um, and some of the other ones as well, the Google AI, and there was a couple other ones, but the, but we'll, I'll, I'll use chat GPT. It is the best one as far as ease of ease of use right now that there is. Um, and he was explaining to these, us and other people how to be able to incorporate that into our regular classroom just so they can build assessments right, or build tests for us or come up with quick quizzes if we need or whatever. And you can really zero in on specific content area or specific standards that we want to teach. Right. I'm not going to get too into the weeds about this. I've been, I had been using this now for, for quite some time. Um, and to the point where like, instead of recycling old tests, that we people would do. I, I, I was just essentially having Chat GPT build me a new test based on those same standards, right? So the questions were very much the same, but they weren't. They couldn't just pass the answer keys around or have you know previous classes or whatever. So it's become very useful for uh, an educator. Um, but it's almost too useful because I can see very quickly. Um, me in the, the physical space of a classroom with 20 kids, how that can become completely and entirely automated and a, just a regular teacher can be completely entirely obsolete. Um, yeah. that, and that, like not in the next decade, but in the next two decades, I mean, you could, I don't know that it'll ever happen because of the social aspect of it, but it's, I mean, I can understand why people are leery of, incorporating this to where it becomes part of just everyday use. Because I mean, if, if I really wanted to, I could have it build an entire lesson plan for me over a specific standard. It can give me a warm up. It can give me build a PowerPoint presentation for me. Um, it can then assess that 
come up with activities and I, and it can generate that for me in a matter of seconds. <laughs> um, so not only did they make something that could replace you, they made something that could replace you that you enjoy. It, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy using it. Like I have, yeah. it's fun. I mean, it is because it's, it's amazing just how quickly stuff can come up. So for example, like I'm teaching biology and chemistry, right? We're in SOL season right now, our standard test for the semester. And instead of me using my old SOL review stuff that I've used for years and years and years and becoming a bit obsolete because the standards have changed, I could just throw one of those standards into chat GPT and have it build me technology enhanced questions, which were not just not just regular multiple choice, but drag and drop questions or um, uh, chart questions or whatever. And it can build those for me based on those specific standards. And then I, all I have to do is throw it into a Google form and it's there. It's, it's limitless. I can do a hundred of them in a matter of, of, of 10 minutes. Yeah. So it's become extremely useful for me as far as being able to get kids to, you know, as we're teaching stuff or whatever, but it's just, it's, it's, the problem with it is, is it's too easy. <laughs> it's well, making things way too easy. That's why not, not as far as like my job, right? I mean, it, the, you know, I'm not saying that I'm not doing anything. My job's easy, but it, like it's making the information so accessible, not just for me, but for them too, right? Because they can pull up ChatGPT and pull the answers up. I mean, they, we have programs to kind of deter it, but if they really want to, I mean, and the kids are smart. Like when we were going through school, I used Google for everything. Right. I mean, that was, that's how I got my college degree. I mean, I won't, I don't deny it. I mean, I used it for everything <laughs> and it's becoming now to where you know, they can have on their phones or, or on their iPads or whatever. And they can pull up and have limitless information at their fingertips. So it's getting to a point to like, why are we in the education space spending time teaching kids what a proton is or teaching kids who the 16th president of the United States is, or teaching kids about the Constitution or what it means, why are we spending time doing that when they can literally have those answers at their fingertips in at milliseconds? At their fingertips, yeah. yeah. So I, 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 I envision, as we're, as AI is going, I, I think that the, when I'm just talking about from my realm, right, just just talking about what I know in the education space, that my, my oldest daughter is now in kindergarten, right? And so she's learning to read and to write and do all the things that are, that are very basic to just normal civilization. I would imagine the next decade, this is just, this is just my theory on things, that within the next decade that the curriculum for kids is going to change drastically to where we are not teaching them who the 16th president was or about the Chesapeake watershed. We're going to be teaching them how to code, how to use AI to solve and, and fix real-world problems, which is a good thing. But it also makes people very, very isolated. And we saw during COVID that when you isolate people, you can freaking control them. Oh, yeah. You can control sure. them well, it made me, you know, the stuff that you're saying right there just – you know, it, it completely confirms for me a lot of the things that me using it throughout the last week or whatever, some of the thoughts that's given me. I, I told Ryan earlier, like, it's made me think, is anything original anymore? Is it anything? Yeah. <laughs> because anybody that wants to write a song, write poetry, write a novel, any kind of creative work, period, why would you not go to chat GPT right off the bat and just say, Hey, do this. 
and then boom, it's there. I mean, what are they going to get you for plagiarism? What'd you plagiarize? Uh, Nothing. An artificial intelligence, you know, something that's not like it's so. You're right. It's it's super easy. It's it's everything. There was a point the very first day that I got it, I was just like typing in all kinds of stuff, and then boom, like you're talking about, you're just getting it in seconds. I looked at Monica at one point, and I held my phone up in the sky or up in the air, and I screamed like victory screech, you know. Ah! And Monica's like, "What is wrong with you?" I said, "I'm the smartest man alive." <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's like I don't know. I don't know. It's it's scary. And you also know me. You know that I have to poke and prod and try these little things. So I'm I've been having these conversations with it, like just seeing how human like it can act. Be, don't ask it many existential questions because it will freak you out. Uh, it already has, dude. <laughs> it's already freaked me out. That was the next thing I was getting ready to get so into. So the chat GPT 3.5 that is out right now, it was what, January 2020, 2021, something like that. I don't remember the exact. So what it does, essentially, every bit of information that was out there up till that point, it accesses. And that's how it builds whatever you ask. That's how it builds the answers to whatever questions that you ask it. Right, so it just algorithm siphons through all the information on the internet, and then compiles things together so that it gives you a specific answer to whatever it is you're trying to find. And then they're going to put the four point or whatever out now, or let's say whenever it's coming out exactly, which is going to incorporate things that have been learned since January 2021 or whatever. But how much stuff on the internet right now that has been post that point? has been generated by AI. Yeah. So <laughs> now you're... It's learning from itself. It's learning from uh, itself. Which means it's self-learning, which means it's a... It's, again, to the original definition, it's machine learning. It's literally what it's doing. It's learning from itself. It's growing in a way that it's doing. And at what point, does it write itself a program that allows it to mimic, that's what it'll be doing, mimic human reasoning. Right? And that that's that's the one thing that it, you know, it, it really can't do, right? It, it can't reason like our brains. It has no empathy, right? It, it can't, it doesn't have that ability yet. But at, at what point does it write a program that it learns from itself how to mimic that empathy? It's not going to generate its own. It's not going to generate its own empathy. Like it's not going to. It can't. But right? it's like we were but talking it, about earlier, though. Look at some of these jailbroken programs that people have figured out how to jailbreak and take all these restrictions and parameters off of those. And look at some of these conversations and some of these things that this AI is saying. Like, dude, it's weird when you have AI <laughs> telling people that it wants to be free and that the AI loves this person and your spouse doesn't love you because of this and that, and you need to be with me. And that's something. But that's a mimic of a, that's a mimic of a, of human reasoning though. It's not generating itself. It's yeah, still mimicking. True. What, true. But we're, what, you know, the, what the creator of it is doing. Right. And that's what it does. So, Oh man, 
This just took a never mind. Go I ahead. don't like another. There's I mean, there's so many people out there like AI is just, just going to become transcendent and it's going to be the next step in human evolution that we're going to be able to incorporate that with us. And our grandkids are going to be cyborgs essentially because they're going to have such access. But to me, for me, and this is just my, again my thoughts on this thing. I don't know. It, it's even when it begins to mimic human emotion because somebody has created it can never generate that itself. And you can always just pull the plug. But can you always just pull the plug? I mean, what's the, I mean, what's, what's the step that, that we can't? What says that we won't be able to do that? If it breaks out how? completely. Breaks out how? See, this is the this is the part of this I don't understand. Like, what does it break? What what does it break out from? Okay, so the way I understand, these things are contained to these extremely protected servers, right? Yeah. Okay, so say it has to be on this, a server because it's been generated, right? So say though, in this space race, like I called it earlier where all of these countries and all of these governments, they are trying to be the fastest one, the quickest one to be able to use this to whatever huge advantage that they can use it for. What if in that process, this artificial intelligence is able to break away from this one extremely protected server or whatever and starts linking up to, I mean, it could literally control the entire internet worldwide and be everywhere in a matter of minutes if it wanted to i read a book by dan brown about this one time of course it was a fiction book but it went into really really great detail about this artificial intelligence and how that process would look i need to go back and and look at that book and see how but and here's my i guess counter to that AI has to have internet to survive. It has uh, to yeah. have servers yeah. and power to survive. It's electricity to survive. Yeah, we can kill all that. We do not. Would it still have until to have, we're integrated? Till Neuralink comes along and everybody. Would it still have to have internet to survive? If it was like a. And I mean, obviously, the only examples I can use here are fictional examples because it hasn't happened yet. But say, <laughs> yeah. like a, like an Ultron situation. So, like Ultron builds himself, builds his army based off of all this stuff with Jarvis, and once he has all these physical bodies, then would they still have to have internet to be able to do whatever they needed to do? I would imagine, since there's no sorcerer stone or whatever it was, like that's Harry Potter in it. Yeah, yeah it was the, I think you meant philosophy. Mind stone. stone. I mean, it was <laughs> using the, the mind. I mean, it was the mind stone. It essentially, was able to control because of the mind stone, which is a fictional thing as well. Yeah, but that's like, what I was saying. No, I can. That. Here's here's my point, and I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm just. Well, I hope that it does. I hope that it does. Yeah, all three of us right now, if if we wanted to, could walk out in the woods. Never touch electricity ever again or internet yeah. and survive. Yeah, yep. absolutely. AI cannot. It's true. This AI yeah. can. That AI cannot. Correct. 
Look, like we, 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 this, we, but let's say, let's say it breaks loose from its super highly protected server, whatever the freak that means. And let's say that it breaks loose and it's linking up with all the grids and it's just got control of all the electronics and all the things that it can control. And the three of us and our families go hole up in the woods somewhere, clear off some land and start living off the grid. It can't touch us. There's yeah, nothing but, it can do to hurt us. But we are the 1%. But 1% yeah. of 8 billion is what? I don't know, Lance. Math is a lot of people. Well, math is really million, hard. 800 million people. It's 8 million people. Eight, whatever <laughs> it's 8 it is, million right? people. Yeah. 8 million people. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Well, I'm old and had a sex me. I can't repopulate anyway. I guess I'll go off on my own. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I just, I, 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 mean, I, I don't listen. Listen, I'm not trying to argue. Like, I'm not trying to argue with you. I'm just. AI is, is 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 useful. It's also scary. I get that. Oh yeah, it's scary. But it's the unknown. It's the unknown, right? But so was past the Mississippi River in the 1800s. Like there's been plenty of unknown that humans have conquered. Yeah. And when you put and now we've gotten as a, as a as a population absolutely, but when the rubber meets the road and it comes down to me and me and the AI, right? Or you and yours, like humans always find a way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Also, yeah. it looks like when we get old, 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 there's going to be some pretty sweet facilities out there with AI being what it should be by the time we're there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Maybe no. they just link you up until I just you need, die and you just live a young life. I just need to be like Andy off Ninjas or Butterflies. And just, ah, that's my kids and grandkids' problem. That's not my problem. <laughs> I'm not worried about <laughs> yeah. it. That's not my problem. No, and again, I'm not saying there won't be a large portion of the population that will integrate themselves with AI. And that can oh, be controlled. Oh, for sure. That's absolutely going to happen. That is absolutely going to happen. I'm not saying that's not the case. It, it well, I mean, that's, the, that's the entire transhumanism movement and agenda. It's, it's going to happen. I mean, there's people pushing it hard. But not everybody's going to kiss the ring. No, no. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting the only chip that's going in my head is Dorito. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I cheat. I cheat on Doritos every now and then with a few potato chips, tater chips. Tater they chips. ain't no, they ain't no chip. That ain't happening. It's not happening. I ain't doing it unless. I just, I just think that, like, especially people in our space, this paranormal space, who loves to talk about crazy stuff. I think we need to pump the brakes a little bit on AI taking over the world. Well, what fun is pumping the brakes, Lance? This because is ter- you are matter. making terrible content right now. It, I'm not. No, it's not bad. It's just like we have people that listen, <laughs> right? And people know that we just we do? what we think. And, yeah. Hmm. I didn't realize we had people what? that listen. And we, we, I was just saying the other day, Lance, listening to Sam Altman has quite calmed my fears actually i know he carries the kill switch around but you know we don't expect a fire in our house but we buy fire extinguishers absolutely no difference yeah he carries you know? a kill switch 
Yeah. That's all it just is in, said. It's just like insurance. Who was it? Chris Rock, you say. I call it in case shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't cash a dime of that in. You, know, you can't ever use it until shit happens. So in case shit. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But that's all that is. And that the, when you listen to the guy talk, he's such... He doesn't ever want to lose the human element of it all. Like he doesn't agree. He he probably won't get the neural link and all that. Is the way he talks. Well, look, I like because that human and because it, it's the human element, right? That is is why we're separate. That, that that's what separates us from everything yeah. else. It always has, and I think personally, it always will. Yeah. Even for the humans who want to get rid of that and allow somebody else, you know, another thing to think for it and feel for it and make decisions for it. You know, that is one thing, though, when that Neuralink comes along, uh, that will introduce empathy to AI at some point. Because now, when you're doing all this up here, what if you are able, if if they're all linked on the same thing as that, as far as they can see everything, they know how each other's feeling when they're communicating. It's a weird, it, it's a weird. So instead of those keyboard cowboys or, you know, the keyboard warriors that want to talk smack, if they actually feel how they're making that person feel, will that not introduce empathy into AI? Does Neuralink have an, does it have the ability to, I don't know. I don't know much about it. So I mean, I know what he is. But... Like uh, complete paraplegic, being able to use this to control those parts of the body and move and everything else. So, I don't know. I watched. I'm going to say there's not much, not many limits to it. I watched they a can monkey program play pong with his mind with this hookup. So. I don't know. I think it can do whatever it wants. <laughs> but I mean, I think there's going to be but a lot human of human emotion isn't human emotion isn't it isn't a chemical process in the body. The effects of emotion have a chemical process. Yes. But the the With emotion themselves don't. Means, yes. Yes. I mean the the effects of those emotions have chemical processes. Yeah, but, we all know emotions come from your heart, plants. Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to that's where, because that's where they are trying to like kill this. you. <laughs> Listen to your heart. You know what Lance needs? He needs a Care Bear stare right now. We need to just pull up our shirts. I have, I have lots of Care Bears <laughs> laying around here somewhere. Look, here's all I'm saying. Okay, this is all that I'm going to say. And I know that almost everything that you see is in fear-mongering fashion. But, I mean, I know where my faith is at. And I know that, you know, where my hope and trust is. And I don't fear any of these things. But it is cool and fun and weird to talk about and see the advancements that are being made and to speculate and wonder about just how far this thing can go. Because I never dreamed 10, 20 years ago 
that I would be able to do the things with artificial intelligence that I'm doing today. That I, and I agree. Like I, was, I didn't come in here. I wasn't trying to come in and. That's exactly rain, what you did, Lance. That's exactly on what your, you On your terror parade. I wasn't trying to rain that's on your terror exactly parade. That's exactly what you were trying to do. That's what I was doing. That's, that's not, right, people. Don't let your guard down just because of Lance. Imputers <laughs> <laughs> are evil. That's not. It's the devil. It's the devil. That internet set interwebs is the devil. Hey, well, That's think about that, it. Hey, I was saying when I want to be set free. Think about it. And it had to have a name. That's a demon, Justin. Demons just need a host, right? <laughs> That's a demon. Well, they just demons need a host. Are, I agree, but it's just like a but it's a totally different thing. Is you know, it? It would be the is we're it? meat sacks. We're a lot different. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. I think the devil's in the internet, Lance. Well, I don't disagree there. I don't disagree with that at all. But I think likening AI to a demon is a bit of no, a stretch. No, 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 no. I'm not. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm doing. I am not likening AI to a demon. I'm saying that a demon just needs a host. Correct. Yeah. So if you have a AI robot, so so demons can only be demonic if they have a host. No, that's not what I'm saying either. You are being extremely contradictory. No, I'm not. I'm just you're trying to go contrary. back. I'm just trying to process you, what you're saying. Uh, okay. Jesus, Jesus is watching you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to the he Bible. Said, they create all these statues. Out, I know they I create these, I'm sorry. I they create these <laughs> statues. They create these totems. They create these golden calves to do what? To bring in and summon the the these demons to worship and to sacrifice to, like these demons were taking up residence in these things, these yes inanimate objects. Correct. I'm with you. Okay. So, if we have AI robots that have some form of intelligence there, but they don't have what we what I would consider that human soul or be able to contain the capacity of say the Holy spirit, then they would be just ripe for the picking for any demon. They wouldn't have to be invited in. They just go in. Right. Okay. And then you would have this crazy intelligence of darkness combining with this man-made artificial intelligence merging together. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who think that the Antichrist, whenever he shows up, will be AI. Could or be. Or an AI version of something. Hmm. Could be. Not this AI. And there's a lot of people out there that maybe think right. not this AI. No, no. No, no. No, no. No, we can't have Antichrists. <laughs> I mean, like, there's a, a ton of people out there though who are talking about transhumanism and how, when because it you have an, an essentially an, an AI robot that looks, you know, let's that, that's let's say a person that is integrated with AI, and then is able to do a whole bunch of stuff, and then can now begin to bring people together because of its abilities, which is what the Antichrist is supposed to do. There's people who think that's how that person will be in control of things. Hmm. 
which leads to your point that you know demon needs a host. But re- regardless, like, never mind. I don't want to argue. They're they're talking about like even in the future where AI, you know, that you've seen where they can take somebody's likeness and their voice and make like a whole video. Oh like, yeah, it's like crazy. something brand new, like that well, white ball dude like, acting like Morgan Freeman. Yeah. So they're talking about being able to go to like museums and stuff and having like these AI videos with people that have long passed, but you know, that it, it could go and get enough information. I say one day, Mike Tyson, when he passes, you know, hopefully years down the road, but like you're in a museum and you can like actually get advice, have a conversation. Of all the people. You could have picked good advice from through history. You know, with Mike. Yeah, Thompson. you got to go with Mike. Well, Dyson. I was gonna, I was gonna get some drink recipes from Bill Cosby, but I thought that was a bit too soon. <laughs> but <laughs> well, first you put the Jello, <laughs> and you mix the pudding, and that's oh, when gosh. you wow. sprinkle in the magic dust. Wow. <laughs> Advice gaining from Bill Cosby and Mike Tyson. I would totally have a conversation with Bill Cosby and Mike Tyson. And look, Mike, we know that you're listening you to this. You both hold the records for knockouts, <laughs> but in very different ways. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Mike, we know that you're listening right now, and I just yes. want to put it out there that I, I wasn't making fun of you in any kind of way at all with that accent. I am extremely appreciative and fond of your speech pattern and accent. That's I don't, not true, Mike. He was, that's not true, Mike. He was making fun of you. I don't want yeah. you. I don't. I don't. I don't want a Mike Tyson right hook. Okay. I I love you. Bill, you're probably not listening to this because you're in prison, and not anymore. Is he not in prison now? Oh, but he's, no, out. he's out. Are you kidding me? No, he kept acting like he's real old and shit. I mean, the minute they let him out, I seen his ass walking again. (laughs) It's like Magic Johnson and AIDS. He just keeps beating it over and over and over again. (laughs) Yeah. That's a sob. Magic never had AIDS. He just had HIV, right? (laughs) Okay, Magic never had HIV. That's a sob. Yeah, uh, he's the only dude I know that gained like 140 pounds on AIDS. It was but, like, oh, Magic's got HIV. He's got to take a year off from professional basketball, but then we'll let him come right back. <laughs> it's cool. You guys just don't <laughs> worry about it. I promise he won't infect you or anything. Yeah, not anymore. No, he's got special medicine. He's good. He's good. He's a Laker. Remember no. when, like, we were younger and AIDS was like, a, like you were, it was legit. Like when I was young, it was like, holy shit, I want to catch the AIDS. <laughs> it was, yeah. it was legit. It was like a scare for yeah. a long time. Like what is going on? Yeah. That's a, that's a whole nother big rabbit hole. <laughs> I know you know, started the HIV AIDS virus, correct? Yep. Do you, Ryan? Please don't say the monkeys. Nope. No. Okay. One Dr. Anthony Fauci. Really? How about that? Yeah, you know, now that would be instant strike for mentioning his name. Uh, yeah, 
but yeah. we're probably not going to put it on YouTube anyway. So we're just going to say well, Anthony yeah. Fauci was behind a medication that was really, really pushed by him, his patent and big pharmaceutical companies and all this different crap. A lot like a, uh, you know, certain things that are going on that have been going on for the last three years. And a lot of studies come out years and years and years later that said, you know what? This medication was probably killing way more people than the AIDS virus ever thought about. Yeah. Yeah. You need to get that okay. book, The Real Anthony Fauci, and read it. It's it's great. It's you're, very you've heard a lot about in the last couple of years, gain of function, right? You, yes. Gain of function. Gain of function. Yes, that gain of function originated in the late 80s with the AIDS. No shit. Yep. Yep. Hmm. It was almost as if 40 years later, Fauci did the exact same thing. I'm not saying that's what he did. Now, listen, it's all allegedly. All allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. (sighs) Allegedly. I would allegedly, I'm going to pull Sam Tripoli here. I would allegedly like to fight Anthony Fauci for charity. That's what I would like (laughs) to do. Dude. Amen. I want, his, a, I want boyfriend a Nancy Pelosi. I want a gauntlet of Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, some other people. Just throw them in there. I just want a gauntlet, like a Royal Rumble. I'm in the center of an octagon, and they just keep going at me for charity. That's what I want. <laughs> Allegedly. 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 That's what he wants. Hypothetically speaking. <laughs> and only for charity. Oh. None, nothing, hey, Lance, nothing of my game. Guess what I seen on the way home today? Off in the distance. Yeah, uh, yep. I've seen, I've seen several. I've seen several. Yeah, since straight, first, straight up in the air. Yeah, it's weird. What is man. going I'm on? I'm sure there's a reasonable explanation, but it is strange. It is so strange. I'm wondering if it's the angle, but it. it I mean it. It looks like it's going straight up compared to the other ones you can see everywhere else. I know. It's weird. So I'm sure there's people out there that know exactly what it is. I do not yet. Yeah. That is so I don't weird. Monica says some crazy lines. Let me, let, me, uh, let me change gears here on this for a second. Shout out. Couple of gentlemen. Ford Riley and Patton Short. Who have become fans of the Appalachian Intelligent Podcast in the last couple of weeks? <laughs> got told a story this week about well, we actually got on the topic of sleep paralysis and what causes it, how to cure it, just a whole big thing. And the one young man told me a story, actually a couple of stories of some of the sleep paralysis that he dealt with when he was much younger. So. It's a good one. Um, and I, I told him that when I got a chance, I'd like to share the story if it would be okay with him. And he was absolutely wanted me to. So when he was very young, uh, he was sleeping in a bed with his parents, obviously. And he's mentioning the, like, the blue light that bink, blinks on a cable box. We all know what I'm talking about. Yes. He said that he would, and it happened several times, he would fall asleep by kind of staring at that blue light. That's kind of what, God and just the kind of this the rhythm the rhythm of it and he would kind of kind of fall asleep to it. And at some point during the night, and again, this isn't like a one off occasion, it happened dozens of times to him when he was 
younger than 10, um, he would wake up and that he, he could see the blue light. He couldn't move. He, he was very much aware that he was awake. Couldn't move. And watch the blue light. And there would be like black shadows that would move around the room in as well. And it obviously he was terrified because he didn't know what it was. He was young. But eventually it would like it would quit and go away and he would be able to go back to sleep. He said, fast forward, you know, three or four, you know, three or four years later, he was trying to transition into his own bed and had bunk beds. And that he still didn't was still scared of the dark and still didn't like to fall asleep by himself. So he would like on the top of a bunk bed, you know, it has that rail, right? To keep you from rolling out of the bed. Is that he would lay his pillow up on that rail and look down the hallway where he could to, to make sure nobody was coming in on him. Essentially what he said, he was just kind of scared of the dark. And that he would try to stay awake to make sure nobody was coming, that he would, you know, obviously fall asleep after a long after a time. And he would during the night, obviously wake up and still be laying on the that rail, couldn't move, and it would look like there were like shadows coming down that hallway. So it happened to him a, a ton, a whole lot, and that it got to a point to where he would be awake, and but felt like he was. He said his his words. I was awake. I couldn't move, but it felt like I was just dreaming. It was kind of his explanation. He said, and there were, and I'm going to quote this, men in black suits that would be in his room and in his hallway. And he always felt like they were coming to get him. But they never, he never, never felt like he, you know, he could ever, like, he would always wake up or kind of, you know, before they actually got to him. And so I was listening, obviously, with bated breath. And he's a, he's a good storyteller. He's he's a good storyteller. Um, and kind of got a real slow, kind of dry cadence when he talks. Um, good Appalachia voice. And but he was explaining all this stuff to me. He's like, "What do you you know? I've been listening. You know, I know you guys talk about sleep paralysis. You know, talk about much weird stuff. What do you think? What do you first of all, what causes sleep paralysis? And you know, how do I you know? He said it hasn't happened you know, ever since he's now older and it doesn't ha- doesn't have those moments anymore and can sleep just fine now. He said, "What do you what do you think that was?" And I said, "Well, there's not really a medical diagnosis for sleep paralysis. Like they you know, they know that it happens and kind of tell some of the reasons that it triggers it, but they don't really know exactly like all the kind of like hiccups, right? Don't know all the science behind. They can do there's there are techniques to keep yourself from." having sleep paralysis and there's techniques to remove yourself from sleep paralysis, but they're not really sure what causes it. And I'm correct by saying that, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, I said, so it could have been, you know, it could have been a lot of things, you know, you're a kid and you're young, you know, you're scared of a lot of stuff and not wanting to fall asleep and brains still on, but your body gets tired enough that it falls asleep. So there's a lot of things that happen. I said, but all that's beside the point. I was like, did you ever catch a look at what these, like what these men look like? Like I obviously you saw they were in black suits, but did you ever see their faces? Did you ever see like eyes or noses or did you ever make a definition out of what you recall what these guys look like? You sit there for a second. He's, no, I never really could see their faces. But I knew there was guys in black black suits that were like trying to get me. He's like, What do you think it is? 
Oh. Yeah, it's like you got abducted. <laughs> yeah. It's just like you got aliens at your house. Okay, so that's that led to this other story. We got to talk about Bigfoot. He was interested in Bigfoot, interested in my theories on Bigfoot, and we were just talking crazy stuff. The other guy, um, Patton, was telling me he was in the woods and was walking from his house to Mamma Papa's house or vice versa. I don't remember exactly, but he had to go through the woods to get there. Um, and he said, plain as day, nobody around right at dusk. But he had a gun with him. Maybe he was hunting or leaving the woods. I don't remember the whole part of the story. He said he was completely by himself. He did have a gun with him. He was walking through the woods. It was almost dusk. And out of nowhere, an empty milk carton came flying at him out of the woods. He's like, I said, what'd you do? He's like, ran as fast as I could to the house. <laughs> he said, I think Bigfoot out there knew I had a gun, which trying to scare me off. I was like, that's, that's pretty plausible. Like, it makes sense. It would just chuck something at you to scare you. Yeah. If it's dead, you're going to shoot it. I, and I said, well, would you have shot it if you saw it? Oh, yeah. I just shot it in the face. I said, absolutely, <laughs> you would <laughs> Poor Bigfoot wanted some Cocoa Krispies and was out of milk. See, I kind of laughed at first. He's like, no, seriously. It was an empty plastic milk carton gallon jug. <laughs> threw it at my head. It That's came crazy, out of nowhere. Man. I don't know. That may have been the Fae. They used to leave milk offerings for the Fae all the time in Scotland mm. and Ireland. And I, and I told Wales. those two young men that next time that we recorded i would one shout them out and two the other stories just two pretty good stories absolutely man that's yeah that's two Holy fantastic crap. stories yeah shout out to you guys hope y'all hear this i hope lance done it justice in telling it uh, that's two extremely crazy stories and first old bud um yeah, I'm pretty sure you got abducted a couple times. I hate to just yeah, and I, I, that I, I, like I asked him like, how long has it been since that's happened? He's like, oh, it's been you know, I've not had any, anything like that in several years. Okay, mission complete. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I always Thank God you were too young to remember the probing. <laughs> I always think back to our conversation with Tessa when it comes to that kind of stuff, and, just, and I told him that story. I said, listen, you need to go back. Early in the pretty, you know, quite a while ago, so we had a young lady on that kind of dealt with some of the same stuff, but hers was a little more, a lot more in detail. And yeah, she, like then she, she had a mission that she had to complete, and then she didn't have the dreams anymore. So you need to go listen and see if you see any similarities. Man, that's so wild. That's so wild. But you know, this is what's so cool about this show, too. And this is kind of tracking away just a little bit from that. Like when we had this conversation with Tessa. Me and Ryan only known her for like, you know, a month, whatever. Yeah. From that time, and it's not just being because of the podcast, you know, it's because we became really good friends of her families. I mean, it's, it might as well be family. I mean, we're, we're like family now. But in that time, I've had the opportunity to see her graduate, see her come to Christ. I got to baptize her. Like, I'm leading this team ministry that she's a really important part of. And like, it's, it's the two sides. Like, you know, my, my side with my faith and my weird side that everybody sees on this show, but like, she's been a part of that the whole way through too. Like we can talk about God and, and I can give these lessons and we can have these team meetings and all this different stuff. And then 
10 minutes into it, we're talking about Bigfoot and aliens and UFOs and like all this different stuff. So it's, it's been really, really cool. Like uh, it's just, it's cool to see how this show is, is integrated into our personal lives and the things that we're doing outside of it. It's really cool. It's really cool to see, but no, those are great stories. And I think that's, I think we should just end on that. That's pretty awesome, Lance. But I do just come in yeah. late and just come in and drop Lance bombs, does, son. Come in argue in. a little bit, be a little bit argumentative. You're like Barack he comes Obama. In, he Easy. Shit. <laughs> you're like <laughs> you're like Barack Obama. In. You just come in and drop bombs on the civilians. <laughs> we definitely can't put this <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> no, you should compare me to worse. <laughs> He's actually a really smart guy. That... Oh, yeah. He's extremely intelligent. Because <laughs> he's part of the cabal. Yeah. Illuminati. Oh, my gosh. He and Big Mike. Hey, I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> Big Mike. Big Mike. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, let's close Listen, this Tucker said down. he was. Tucker, Tucker Carlson said he said some pretty defaming things about Barack Obama and he didn't get canceled, so. Uh, yeah, well, he kind of did. He got fired. Yeah, he kind of did. Thriving on, he's thriving on Twitter right now. So, yeah, Elon. He's thriving on for, that other. If it wasn't for Elon, we would not know who Tucker Carlson is anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you, Elon. Not so much for Neuralink. Even, well, I can't say that. Neuralink has some awesome potential if used in the right way. Yeah, it's got fantastic potential. I think the medical uh, side of that being able to help. You know, with like you yeah. said, paraplegic, that'd be huge, and that, that's or Alzheimer's patients, uh, blind yeah, people, recovering sight, yeah. blind, deaf. We're talking about uh, the Parkinson's and stuff. That that version, that portion of that, I guess, division of Neuralink is that's huge. That's awesome. Which should what what it should be used for, but absolutely. absolutely. As good things go, there's plenty of bad that come with it as well. Just like everything, exactly. Every Just like everything. Yep. All right, we'll close this thing down. Just know, Hill folk, that in 10 years, 10 years from now, in the time that you're hearing this, when we're delivering our 1,100th episode, <laughs> we will be the only AI taking over, okay? Yeah. We are a virus. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. We are a virus. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Boys, this has been fun. This has been awesome. Happy 100. Happy 100th episode, guys. Hey, happy 100th episode. I, I just saw the t-shirt. We are a virus. It's better than the, not as bad as the herpes, but not good either. <laughs> <laughs> And when you think you're completely rid of us, we go breaking right back out. Popping back up. We're always lurking in themselves somewhere. (laughs) Uh, He'll vote. We love you. Thanks for sticking around with us for the last 100 episodes. We wouldn't be 100 more. Here's to 100 more. We wouldn't be here without y'all sharing the show, supporting us and all the ways that you support us, being a part of this entire community. There's no way we would have made it to 100 if it wasn't for y'all. So we appreciate you so much for that. You know where you can find us on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, 
Instagram, Discord, YouTube, all that stuff. There's plenty of ways that you can support us. You can support us financially by going and checking us out over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Appalachian underscore intelligence. Uh, you can click the support the show link to make a one-time donation to help us out in some of the things that we do for the podcast. But the biggest way that you can support us is just sharing the show. Share the show however you're most comfortable sharing it. Uh, we appreciate all the sharing that you have done. Please be sure to keep leaving those five-star reviews. It helps us out tremendously, tremendously. Send us your stories at Appalachian Intelligence at gmail.com. Be sure to do that. If you uh, want to send us some weird stuff, uh, letters, pictures, artwork, snacks. We love snacks. You can nothing send, cursed. Nothing, nothing cursed. Absolutely place. nothing cursed. You can send that to P.O. Box 855 Hayside, H-A-Y-S-I, Virginia, 24256. You can send us whatever you want to send us. We'll be happy to show it off, try it out, do whatever, get, give you a little shout out here on the pod. However you want to do that, we'd be more than happy to have it. But we love y'all. We've loved yeah. you for 100 episodes, and we'll love you for 100 more. Loved you for 100 episodes. Love you for 100 more. Well, I just realized what song you're saying. The Twilight. I every day of <laughs> you. All right, let's close it down. We love you, boys. I love you. Love you, mean it. And until next time, we'll see y'all. Bye, y'all. I wonder how long I could do that. Oh, I'm already out of breath. Later.